Oh, ready? Yes. Hello and welcome back to the Last Call Podcast. My name's Jamal and I'm joined 800 kilometers away by a betting legend. Betting, I, I, I lack... Address me by my proper title. I lack the words to describe the talent to which this man bets. Ashley Etherington. I prefer to be introduced as Ashley Waterhouse. Mate, that that's a slight on you. Tom Waterhouse ain't shit. Tom Waterhouse was on Dancing with the Stars, thank you. I was like, what's Tom Waterhouse up to? I haven't seen his ads in ages. Him standing... No, he, he, um, he, he, he sold his business. He, uh, I don't know. It's all in um, Titus O'Reilly's book, Please Gamble Irresponsibly, which I continue to plug for free. I mean, maybe... Get him on the podcast. Uh, doubtful. <laughs> Unless we're going to be on his podcast. That would be an elite. Just imagine if we had Titus O'Reilly on the podcast. I, I don't think he could handle our comedic chops. No, no, that's true. I, oh, fuck. They've actually started the podcast up again. <laughs> Is that um, him and Sergio? Yeah. I forgot to. I've follow. never, I've never listened to it, but Dad listens to it. He says it's good. It is very, very good. It is, um, is my sole inspiration for this um, podcast. So to ta- to take a brief detour into um, a podcast talk, have you? Are you a Dilruk Jaya singer fan? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, the comedian. Yep. Um, him, him, and Ed Cavalli have a money. Money saving, money education, money shit talk podcast called <laughs> Dilrook's Mad Stacks. It's hilarious. All right, I'll give it a listen because I do it, it, like. It, it is fantastic content. Ed is hilarious. He's Ed is good. hilarious. Dilrook's very good, and they yeah yeah good. All right, I'll I'll add it because um, I do need more podcasts. I only have there's only been there's only been eight episodes, but it is quality. Sounds great because I only follow. God, 14 podcasts. Jesus Christ. If you're an Ed Cavalier fan, I also strongly recommend The Team Effort. The Team Effort. That is his his, his main podcast with uh, Tony Martin and Ash Williams and then a a rotating fourth guest, really. Lawrence Moody sometimes. I do. Jeez, Tony Martin's funny. Tony Martin is very funny. I... um, um, always listening to the radio, the podcast of the radio show that Tony and Ed did in 2006 and 2007, which is widely regarded as the greatest radio show of the uh, this millennia. Jesus, it's called Get This. It is is very very funny. It went for two years. They had a guest co-host on every episode, so it's those two and a different comedian every day. Yeah, sounds like a great. Yeah. He's great. Sounds like a great time. Um, any other random podcast plugs that we can give? Um, no, just just the just the normal ones. I'm a, I'm a big Hamish and Andy fan. I think their content is good. No, fair enough. Uh, um, yeah, no. Other than that, it's just just some sports pods. The yep. The rush hour is always a good fun half an hour a day. Hmm. No, fair shout. 
Could we uh, give some hot takes? Let's go straight into some AFL hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last week we said we give three hot takes. Um, I have two and one apparently mild one. Thanks, AFL media. <laughs> I have just changed one of my hot takes. Just this uh, minute I've thought of a better hot take. Oh, you're, lis- you're, you're hearing it live, listener. Well, I mean... As live as yeah. listener listener is the key. <laughs> yeah, notice how I didn't add a plural. Um, do you want to start? Um, sure. All right. Well, yeah, we'll start with the new one. Lance Buddy Franklin will play less than ten games for the rest of his AFL career. Wow, that is a that is quite a bold take because that quite literally contradicts one of my hot takes. And I'll jump straight into it. Uh, Lance Franklin will come back with a vengeance and kick his thousandth goal this year. <laughs> there, there's quite a large um, middle ground between us both being wrong, but we've gone quite extreme. Accidentally, genuinely did not set that up. I heard Hutto calling 13 and I thought, we're never hearing anything like that again. We could, um, But we could quite literally both be right. Buddy could kick. Six goals a game, play 10 games, and then fuck off. <laughs> I, um, yeah, no, I, as much as I want him to, I've, I'm on record as saying he's my favorite player. Mm. Um, my hot take was almost he will never play another game, but I don't think that's true. But I think they'll get him on the park and he just will not hold up. I can't see it. Yeah. No, I think it's fair. He's, I, like what I said with five, I think he's played. At two out of the last four seasons, I swear I didn't see him. Well, we did have a strange season last year, but I feel like I haven't seen him in years. Um, but my reasoning, I was just like, look, he's not playing round one because um, they're trying to basically get him through the whole season. But um, they brought in Logan McDonald. He's a big boy. They've got Papley running around. Ben Ronke's always good for a random six goals at some point. Um, so it'll take the load off, um, buddy, because I swear for the first five years that he was there, he was it. Yeah. And Luke. Sam Reed, who graced the cover of AFL Live too, don't forget. I mean, that's very true. Um, <laughs> that no look, player wanted to be associated with that game. Look, I've never wanted to be wrong more in my life. I love Buddy. Favorite player I've probably ever seen. Um but yeah, I, I sadly just don't see it. No, nah, and I, um, um, your take is very much more likely than mine. Yeah. Um, just because he'd he's on nine forty four at the moment. Um, he'd have to kick fifty six goals in. Let's say he plays sixteen games max if he um, stays fit, because I think they'll rest him quite a bit. But then again, maybe he'll play ten. Could games. play next year too, though. That's true, but because he's still contracted for next year. Yeah. I think he retires after next year, if he makes it. Uh, after next year? After his contract. I don't think he gets another one. No, he's contracted for 2023 as well, though, isn't he? Yeah, because he's... After next year, yeah. Oh, no, no. No, 2022. 
Yeah, 2020. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he started in 2014. Nine years is 2022. Yep. Um, all right. Second hot take. Uh, Sam Draper will be a top three Ruckman in the next two years. Um, who's number two for you? Currently. No, no, like you said top two. In no, my- to, uh, top, top three. Top three in two years. No, you can say top two. It's just in my mind. I've no, got- I, said, I said top three. Oh. I thought you the take said, was Sam Draper would be top three in the next two years. Right, that's where I'm getting it from. Fucking dyslexia. Right, so yeah, who's number three then? Because I've got Grundy and Gorn. I've got Grundy and Gorn as the top two currently. Who's third? Three Who is, is pro- um Nick Nat probably. Nick Nat. Oh yeah, that's a good shout. Remember when Nick Nat was just like. <laughs> The the flash in the pan, not that good, and now he's just like a good AFL Ruckman. Yeah, it, I mean, it depends on how you judge Ruckman, whether it's by pure Ruck skill or by their all-round yeah. game. Um, That's why Sam Jacobs was one of the best Ruckman, because he would just get 60 taps every game and straight because, to the part. Yeah. I think if you're going by all-round game, Grundy's one, Nick Nat's two, Gorn's three. I think you have to go all-round game. It's not the 1960s anymore. But then by pure ruck, I think it's probably Nick Nat, Gorn, Grundy. Yeah, no, I like it. I think um, you have to be a hybrid ruckman in today's game. You yeah, just you no, can't I, be I um, like, oh, who's an example of just like big guy? Sanderlands. Yeah, that kind of ruckman where it's like you either play him ruck or full, full forward. Like he's not moving kind of thing. Yeah, Sanderlands is like that. Or, um, yeah, Mumford. Yeah, there's, um, a, yeah. there's a reason why those kind of players aren't in because like they're being asked to do so much more. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good take. I've um, really like Sam Draper as a player from the limited time that I've watched him. And to be honest, like there aren't that many up and coming. Up and coming. Like, yeah. like Oscar Allen is probably in that class, I think, but I think Draper's like how old's Tim English? Like he's good, but I feel like he's a bit older. Than yeah, no, true. No, I think English um, is similarly young. I think English is only 22. Yeah. Right. Um, Timing. Alan, no, probably not. Brisbane. Right? Uh, time. Um, Tim English is twenty three. Sam Draper is twenty two. Uh, Oscar Allen is twenty one. So I think those three are probably that next generation. But I think Draper will be better than all of them. Yeah, no, nah, fair. And I think Gorn's, Gorn's only like 28. He's got a few years left in him. Yeah, Grundy's even younger, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's 26. And then Nick Nat's getting old. He's 31, I think. Um, yeah. Brody Grundy's 26, yeah. Yeah, no, I think yeah. I think it's a good shout. Um, but we'll see how we go. Like, obviously, I don't know his injury history, but um, the tall people famously 
just struggled to stay on the field. Yeah, had a pretty bad knee injury the 2019. Yeah. When he didn't barely played a game and St Kilda offered him millions and millions of dollars to come across before he'd even debuted. I remember that. He was yeah, they tried and to he said no. Yeah, and he said he said no and all the Essendon people were like, Why? But now, yeah, great decision. Yeah. So how long has he got in his contract before? Uh, I've got no idea, but he said, no, but he seems pretty committed. I think I don't see him leaving. Unless we just like asking for lots of money. Oh, who cares? Give him all the money he wants. We don't have that many high played, high paid players. Shields on a lot of money. Um, other than that, I think we're probably pretty good. I couldn't see Heppel being on that much. We're going to have to throw a stack of money at Zach Merritt next year, probably, but he's worth every cent. Yep. Oh, you've got to pay um, someone at the end of the day. you got to, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Um, uh, hot take number two from you. Um, I'm going to give my mild take. Um, so just listener, while I was um, doing some research for various um, AFL segments, I came across the yearly AFL media, like the actual AFL.com media, like season preview and like their picks for everything. And I thought this was a pretty hot take. I've got Christian Petrarca to win the Brownlow. Like I know he finished third last year, but like that, that is not a hot take, as hot a take as I thought it would be. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to equate it with something you complained about off air before. I think calling Christian Petrarca to win the Brownlow as a hot take is similar to calling uh, Hawthorne as a, a big faller. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's very like, fair. Yes, it's, it's very possible it could happen. Um, it's unlikely that it will happen, but it's possible it could happen. But I think if it happens, people won't be shocked by it. So I'm not sure it qualifies as a as a, a really hot take, but I can see why you're using it as a hot take because it would be surprising. Well, I think what I could probably name ten players in the comp better than him. Yeah, it's like winning. The I see. I'm not so sure about that. I think if Melbourne really turn it on this year and become a top four side again, like they were years ago, a few years ago, 2017, I could. Yeah, I could see Petrarca winning the Brownlow in that circumstance. I think the thing holding him back is that I don't think Melbourne will win enough games for him to get enough votes. Uh, for him to... Uh, actually, I'm directly contradicting the uh, latter prediction that I'm about to do, but for <laughs> Petrarca to win the Brownlow, Melbourne have to make the finals, and I do not have to make the finals. I think for Petrarca to win the Brownlow, Melbourne have to make the four. Really? Because... Because he will have to get above Lockie Neal and get above Dusty and get above Danger. So if you don't have Melbourne making the four, you've probably got like those three sides all making the four. All right, I'm changing um, my hot take then because, um, spoiler alert, actually this feeds into my next hot take. Um, I'm going to do my number three straight after my number two. I have the Bulldogs making the top four. Um, so maybe I'll go Bont wins the Brownlow then. I think if the Bulldogs make the four, this isn't a hot take, but this is just a off the cuff opinion. If the Bulldogs make the top four, Bont wins the Brownlow. Uh, That's usually how it goes. No, see, actually, I, t- I take it back. I th- almost think it's the opposite of that because if the Bulldogs are good enough to make the top four, there's probably a lot of other Bulldogs that are playing exceptionally well. 
Like, because you know the standard Bont is going to perform to. Mm. Um, but if the, that Bulldog side is going to make the top four, I think the Bulldogs around him, like Libba and Lockie Hunter and Josh Dunkley and Adam Trelaw, all have to play really well as well. That's going to steal votes off him. True. In the, in the same in the same way as like Dangerfield didn't uh, come in the top couple this year because Geelong were really good. Um, Boak didn't win because a couple of the Port guys took votes off him. Uh, Dusty didn't win because Cochin and like your Prestiers and that were really good and took votes off him. I think you need to be good enough to win lots of games to win a Brownlow, but you probably need to be the standout performer from your team. I think um, I think it equates to I don't know if you remember Russell Westbrook winning the MVP, twenty seventeen. He averaged a triple double. The the yeah. Thunder finished sixth. I think that could be one of those things where Petrarca almost drags his team to the finals, and he was so unbelievably good. Um, and dragging the what Melbourne team from I don't know nine. What did they finish? Tenth? No, they finished ninth. Yeah. Dragging them to like sixth. But he's just like he's got. 30 touches a game, three goals. You know, the thing you're describing is exactly what happened the last time a player from Melbourne won the Brownlow. Do you remember who that was? Jeff Farmer. Jeff Farmer never won a Brownlow? No. Um, the, the year was 2000. The Wowoden year. The so, Wowoden year. Um. Shane Wowoden single-handedly dragged Melbourne to a grand final and won a Brownlow medal for it. And he's widely regarded as the worst Brownlow medal winner ever. Uh, he's got competition with probably Cooney and Prittis. Oh, I'd say... Like, Wowoden was a good footballer. I think Prittis was better than both of them. That's out. Um, yeah, no, I, I think... Yeah, uh, Cooney at his peak was really, really good. That's true, but I think it's the way Cooney <laughs> fell off. Yeah, well, that's true. But, I mean, Prittis did too. Like, well, I guess Prittis won it when he was like 31, didn't he? So. Yeah, and he still had two good years after that. And then, you know, he fell off when he was 35 when, you know, he got his um, senior bus pass. Yeah, look, I mean, it, I think we're arguing... Like hairs here. I say relatively the same take. That's all this podcast. Um, Arguing the sides of the two. um, I'll be interested to hear your latter prediction because I think that's an awful take. Why why is it that you think the Bulldogs are going to go from, what, seventh to fourth? Assumedly fourth? Fourth? Fourth. Um, Why? What do I have written down here? Um... I know you said Martin doesn't make that much of a difference, but considering Dunkley was um, the second Ruckman, I think it frees uh, up Dunkley to play around the ground more in the midfield and use Trelaw as um, the luxury player that he should be because Trelaw, at at the end of the day, we know his disposal is brutal, but he is still a very... um, He is a good, dynamic player. And I think if the Bulldogs tried to use him as that kind of... Uh, blue chip in and under reliable midfielder. You're not going to get that from Adam Trelaw. I think he's going to add um, a good spark to the team. Um, and I think one more year of playing with the same group and adding 
um, some decent players. Because I think they added... Did they add Mitch Hannon? Yeah, I think so. I think Mitch Hannon's there. And... um... Um, Hannon, yeah, Hannon Jackson Trengo? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, like, they added some decent AFL players. And I think another year together... And I think um, uh, Dunkley has, like, a breakout year for the Dogs. So, I, I just think one more year... Um, playing with the same group, adding some decent players. Yeah, sorry. Sorry he didn't make his way to the Dons, but you might be better off for it. Next year, mate. That's true. Yeah, he'll do one year here. The Dogs will make the top four, and he's like, I want to go join the project at Essendon. Um, we just but- signed his brother. Hey, Essendon playing big brain mind games here. Adrian, Adrian Dodoro has long been regarded as the best recruiter in the comp. Um, no. That being said, um, big brain by West Coast by having the Crips brother as well. So you just got to play the game. You've got to play the game. It's not big brain. They're Perth boys and he wanted to play in Perth. Yeah. And it, and Pat's going to come home. He'll be like, oh, my brother's there too. Big brain. Um, what's your third and final hot take for the AFL season? For what it's worth, I think this is the hottest of all six takes. I mean, probably. I've, I came out with you with some relatively mild ones. Matthew Rao will not make the top three in the Gold Coast best and fairest. That is a very hot take. All right. So what? You've got... What have you got above him? I don't really know, but all I'm saying is he's going to be highly, highly underwhelming. I think that's fair. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I, I mean, it depends how they do that. Because who, we had someone really weird win our Brownlow, uh, Brownlow, our Peter Crimmins medal not too long ago. It was like, oh no, it wasn't Brendan Whitecross, but it was just like a, you know, our fifth best player. And I was like, so what a Tom Murphy. Uh he he I'm sure he registered a vote at some point. But like I mean you might be in for a decent shout. But you did say Anderson's probably not Anderson and Rankine probably aren't in for a great season. No, but like they they may. I mean Anderson and Rankin are both very talented. I mean, um Sam Day is still there. He's a very good player. Jared Jared Witz is an underrated polar as a, as a co-captain. David Swallow is still there. I mean, there is still a lot of talent there. I don't think the Gold Coast will do that well. And I think Matt Rowell will be targeted by a lot of clubs, yeah. more so than Anderson and Rankin probably. That's At least cool. Anderson. Like Rankin's more of a forward, but Rowell will be really targeted by clubs. And I think he'll really struggle this year, to be honest. It's either he's either going to – that's going to happen. They're going to target him and he's not going to deal well with the pressure or he's just going to be – a generational type talent who just goes from strength to strength. I don't yeah, see. see I, I sort of see him as the in and under, just always accumulating, almost Joel Selwood esque. Um, so like I could see that that he keeps like getting touches and doing well even when targeted. But you know I who just... my comp for Matt Rowell is after I saw four games of him, Sam Mitchell. I don't think his disposal is as good on both feet, is it? I think that might not have been the defining feature of of Sam Mitchell early in his career, but at least for the last five or six years, 
the defining Sam Mitchell trait was that he kicked as well on his left as he did on his right. Yeah, and he could handball 40 metres with either hand. Yeah, and that he used to mock Essendon players for the drug saga. Uh, Maybe that's just amongst Essendon supporters. No, that is... um, Honestly, I think I have that photo printed out on my wall somewhere. Of course you do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've I've said that a few t- about Rao. I've I've said that a few times since. Um, he he got those three best on grounds in his first four games. I mean, it's easy to get in your first four games. It's much harder to get once sides start putting work into you and start analysing you. Yeah, no, good shout. And while we're sharing uh, Gold Coast Suns best and fairest hot takes, Alex Sexton, my pick. Just from the one game that I saw of him in the preseason. I like it just from the um, first three letters of his last name. Um, I like your pants around your feet. That's all i got to say about that. All right, are you ready to move on to ladder predictions? I think I am, and I think mine's all over the shop. Uh, I, fact, th- okay. I, I think instead of, instead of going top to bottom comparing, because it could be all over the shop, I reckon we go alphabetical order through the sides and say where we see them finishing. All right, sounds good. Um, so Adelaide. I have the 17th. So do I. Yeah, we're on the same page. Uh, Brisbane. I have them second. No, third. 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 I have them. I have them second. Woo. Carlton. Um, probably a bit of a stretch. I have them eighth. 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 Yeah. Eighth. Okay. I have them ninth. That's oh, not that bad. <laughs> Collingwood. Uh. I have them eleventh. Eleventh. Yeah. No. I've. I'm falling into the media trap of uh, uh, not rating Collingwood that highly this year. Yeah. So I have. I have them eighth. That's fair. Essendon. I don't. Uh, just before um, we move on, I don't think Collingwood have that higher floor, but I don't think they have that lower ceiling. Like I did see someone pick them. 15th or something like they're not 15th bad they still have you know yeah you to go i think as i said before i think a lot probably depends on to and i think the goey will explode yeah but if he doesn't i can see them falling to sort of 12th or 13th or somewhere um essendon i have them 14th i have them 13th uh frio i have them 15th Wow, really? Yeah. I have Freo 10th. 10th? Wow. That's I know I'm not going to beat Melbourne, you know, on Sunday, but, like, I, while I was doing my preview for the team, I'm like, who is this team? Like, where I, I get they have five, and I did go on a uh, massive rant about how he can quite literally drag Fremantle somewhere, but, like, you know... There's a whole other team around him. There's 17 other players that are just uh, quite mid. And as much as I love Michael Waters, Walters, Walters, um, 
Yeah, I just don't think there's enough. You clearly, you clearly don't love him that much. You don't know what his name is. Yeah, exactly. No, that was the point. I was just like, yeah, he's he's fine. But um, yeah, I don't think they're better than anyone above him. Right. Um, oh, actually, you're gonna hate some of these. <laughs> free, so, okay, Frio fifteenth at Geelong. Second. Second. I've got them first. Yeah, I figured you might. Uh, GWS. I have them thirteenth. Uh, thirteenth. I've got them eleventh. Yeah. I Gold. Not love it. Gold Coast. Yeah, uh, I have them 10th. 10th? Yeah. Big rise for the Gold Coast boys. Yeah, I know we did watch them uh, capitulate against Brisbane live on the podcast last week, but I do think um, they're kind of going to round into form. Not well enough to make the finals, but just like, what what were they? They were 14th last year, I think. And that was without their quote-unquote best player, a a first-year player. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. All right. Um, Hawthorne. I have them 16th. So do I. Wow, that hurts. Oh, that, that's back in the days when we used to have a 16-person, um, a 16-team 16 comp. Uh, anyway. Uh, M- Melbourne. I have them 12th. So do I. Yeah. So, so far um, in the sides I've listed, we have 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 from you. So yeah. we've still got a lot, a lot of the good sides to go in your estimation. Yeah, I didn't actually do this by um, like form, team or um, last year. I just did it by alphabet. I'm really, really low on, <laughs> really low on the top of the alphabet. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's change that and go P. Port Adelaide. I I have them first. Again. Right. I ha- I have them third. Richmond. This actually, this probably should have been in my hot takes. I think they'll finish fifth. Fifth. Richmond out of the. Premiers to out of the top four. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say Hawthorne in two thousand and nine esque, but that that's considerably better than Hawthorne in two thousand and nine. Hey, we would have made the finals if um, Lloydie didn't knock out what's his Brad Sewell. Brad Sewell in the center circle. So, um, Saint Kilda. I have them sixth. I've got them fifth. Uh, Sydney. This also probably is my hottest take. I have them ninth. This is a massive take. I can probably guess the rest. Um, uh, We missed North Melbourne. They'll be 18th. Correct. The Western Bulldogs will be fourth. Correct. And the West Coast will be seventh. Correct. All right. So you you have Port Adelaide number one. I have them three. No problem with that. I think 
That's that's pretty. All right. So sorry. Let's break it into a more of a bubble. We've both got Geelong, Brisbane, Port Adelaide, one, two, three. You've got Port Adelaide, Geelong, Brisbane. I've got Geelong, Brisbane, Port Adelaide. I it could see it any any of those combinations or permutations. <laughs> we go yeah, back to some uh, to some year eight maths. Love to see it. I feel like our year eight math teacher. I don't remember. I, I can't even remember what it was. Um. Top four. I've got Richmond at number four. You've got the Bulldogs at number four for reasons already explained. Um, and then we're pretty similar. You've got Richmond next as well. And then we've both got St. Kilda after Richmond. And then we've, uh, we've both got West coast at number. Uh, then we've both got West coast next. And then I've got the Bulldogs, but obviously you've got the Bulldogs up at number four. So we've got the top, same top seven, just in a different order. I mean, that's all right. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I've got Collingwood as number eight. And you've got Carlton. Why do you think Carlton are going to make the eight? Um, this was done before everyone started to get injured. Um. But I do really like Carlton as a young team, kind of the way Gold Coast are going to rise, except two years in the future. Um, I think Pat Cripps just has the fife ability. Um, this was pre-Levi injury, but I think they do have a, a pretty good spine. And I just, I thought they underperformed last year. So I think they're due for a decent season. And I think, uh, cracks the top eight, and I like. I don't like Collingwood as a top eight team, and I cannot see anyone else below them making it. That was, okay. that was the logic. Um, so you've got Collingwood as eleven. Yeah, we'll just go through your your eighteen, top to bottom. Um, talk me through Sydney at number nine. I think I mentioned it. Did I mention it at the start, or did I mentioned it offline? I think I mentioned it at the start in the first section, basically this is the same um, team from like 2016 when they were really, really good. Um, minus, you know, your Heath Grundy's and um, some key, but um, not terribly important players. You've still got a Josh Kennedy. You've still got Parker. You've still got Heaney, Mills, Franklin, if he ever comes back, Dane Rampy still around. Like on paper, they are still a very, very good team. And I think last year will be, is it an aberration? Aberration. Yeah. An aberration more than um, the norm for Sydney. So Sydney won five out of 17 games last year. They did. And you're saying because they were good in 2016 that they'll be good this year? But I like they were, what were they the year before? Like, I think last year was the first really bad season that they've had. Um, hold on. Let me just pull up these motherfucking stats. No, no, they were really bad the year before too. Damn. That kind of puts a hole in my argument. 
They were sixth like two years ago, and the team hasn't changed. So, yeah, okay. But if your argument is that five years, it's pretty much the same team as five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, Josh Kennedy was 27. Mm. Oh, they're old. He's he's now 32. Heaney and Florent and those young kids haven't really had a touch in a few years. Jake Lloyd is 27 in the in his peak, but isn't really seeing the world on fire. Um, Rampy is 30. Luke Parker is 28. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, that's so they're, they're I think. not as past it as I thought they were, but um, I think they're good enough. Like, they're, at heart, they're still good players. Like, if they have another bad season, then I'll just be like, oh, yeah. Um, you know, Kennedy's probably Kennedy's probably past it as it is, but like it's one of those things where you know what they can do. Um, they are good AFL players. Um, and if they're not good AFL players, then they'll just continue being bad. But I still think Luke Parker at 28 can still be what what when did he come second in the Brownlow? Like he's still got that kind of talent like he's the same player they've just like had a bad year all right i um and i'm really 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 high on logan mcdonald (laughs) yeah but he's only 18 like it's gonna take some time i um i get what you're saying but uh all right for for argument's sake give me your best four sydney midfielders midfielders uh, JPK, Luke Parker, Callum Mills, and hold on. Um, Lloyd doesn't play in the midfield, does he? No, he's more of a halfback. Um, where am I going? Um, who did I say? I said Kennedy, Mills. Uh, Does he play back? Yeah, probably. Uh, Kennedy, Mills. I'm not sure if you've seen him, but probably Heaney. Yeah, Heaney. Um, and I know he's probably not a household name, but I think um, Hewitt had a really good year last year. Um, he is a 25, probably getting into his... Oh, no, Parker, Parker. Parker, yeah. Parker, Parker, yeah. Parker Heaney, JPK, Mills. Mills. Yeah, that's... Uh, so tell me how <laughs> that midfield is... Uh, three places higher on the ladder than the midfield of Clayton Oliver, Jack Viney, Angus Brayshaw, and Christian Petrarca. Three. Ah, oh, Sydney. I was like Collingwood. No. Um, well, it doesn't it? They like the midfield is one third of the team. Who else is there on that team if Franklin's out? 
It's Rampy and who? Papley. Rampy and Papley. I love Papley. No, I hate Papley. No, Hewitt's a good player. Ronks, Ronky. Um, Sam Reed's still kicking. I really Sam like Reed. <laughs> yeah, cover athlete. I know who he is. I've got the game. You have the game. I've got the game on the Wii. Oh my god! No way. All right, no, I'm gonna have to retract um, me putting Sydney at night at, at ninth. They have Caden Brand on their team, and I will not stand for it. Caden Brand. I don't know who that is. Um, couldn't get a game at Hawthorne right now as a back. Right. Um, right. I might have to knock down a couple of spots. Um, you've got Sydney, the Gold Coast, uh, Collingwood, and Melbourne all above GWS. Yeah, I went through GWS's list, and I'm not. Um, uh, actually, that's what we need to do. Your um, GWS left team. It doesn't um, hold much weight if it, it doesn't have your current GWS team, but we can move on from the latter if you like. The current, um, the current GWS think, team, which I have at 13th, because yeah, they are right. by the GWS left team by all right. 150 points. Let's see if this side would finish higher than 13th. Um, and I will start by saying the back line does not uh, inspire much confidence. Really? From the back pocket, we go Lockie Plowman. That's not not inspiring. Jack Homsch. Also Carlton? Uh, No, I think he's at Port Adelaide now. And uh, Carlton player, but very good Carlton player these days, Caleb Marchbank. Oh, yeah. The halfback line, we keep quite a Carlton theme uh, with Zach Williams. Very good. Very good player. Uh, go to a Hawthorne theme with Sam Frost at centre halfback. Yeah, Sammy. And Will Setterfield on the halfback flank, who has turned himself into a very good player. That's a very good halfback line. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to go out all out and say it. It gets much, much better from here. Oh, Lockie Plowman in the back pocket. It gets much better from that. The centre line, Tom Scully. Taylor Adams and Jack Steele. That is a very, very good set line. As um, interesting as Tom Scully has been in the past year. Um, yeah, football ability. Very, very good. Very good. Taylor Adams, very good. Jack Steele. The co-captain. Is that him? Uh, yeah, possibly. Sadly, the forward line doesn't lack much talent at all. Uh, sorry, it doesn't contain much talent at all. Um, we are left with the dregs of Devin Smith yeah. at centre half forward. Um, guy that never really made it, but uh, we we've got to find a place for him, I guess. Uh, J- James, to, what's his name? Justin? No, I think it's uh, Jeremy Cameron. Oh yeah, the the second forward to um. Yeah, to... As, as, um, sex offender. <laughs> uh, 
I don't even know what this guy's first name is. It could be Wesley, Wayne. No, okay. Will, Will, Hos, Will Hoskin Elliott. Ah, uh, yeah, he goes all right. Um, the Ford line reads Anthony Miles, uh, J- J- Josh, J- Joshua, uh, Josh Bruce. Um, and then sorry sorry it read Safender. i guess it stood for sex offender it's uh, jonathan Patton. <laughs> um and then the, the ruck line rory lob very good um then the the two on ballers could not uh kick their way out of an eight-year-old's vice grip. Uh, one Dylan Scheel and Adam Trelaw. Small midfielders. Yeah, yeah, right. Slow too. Yeah. And the interchange bench is uh, to Boyd, to Boyd, to Tom Boyd. He'll, he'll never play in a premiership. Fuck. Um, Zach Langdon. A Tomlinson and uh, little Jai Caldwell. That team could beat this current GWS team. I, I shit you not, fifteen goals. That team could beat any <laughs> AFL team. I had no idea that Steele and Bruce play for GWS. Yep. Um. Jesus. Yeah. No, that is a very, very good team. Just a. Ma- oh. I know they. Probably didn't want to be there, but like, in what world are you GWS and just like, oh, off you go? And then they just turn into all star AFL talent. I'm telling you, Liam Cameron is a fucking spud. And this is what I'm saying GWS at 13th. I think this is the year they just bottom out and then they have absolutely zero choice but to fire Leon Cameron. Yeah, I think this is. You'd hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, are we ready for a um, lament? Even though I've just had a lament. <laughs> you ready to lament? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, no. But let me let get me it up. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wait, give me something that's... Even if you're not ready with the lament, you, you could literally just say yes and the sting. You could probably write a lament by the time the sting finishes. That's what I've just done. That's why it's quite a long one. All right. Let's hit it. 2020 was a year like no other. And with that came a footy season like no other. It was insane with hubs, footy mania for 20 straight days or however many it was. Oh, those were good days. Part of the MCG being shipped to the Gabba. And finally, a late October nighttime grand final. 
it was a spectacle it was unique and it was something that no one really knew what to expect from the afl pulled out absolutely all the stops pulling out the checkbook to really unload for the entertainment with sorry just checking my notes here um one of the guys from wolf mother and uh shepherd shepherd i hate okay all right, so maybe they underpromised, but um, Shepard at least overdelivered. It was a fantastic one-off. People loved it. Great, but the vast majority of fans were clamouring for a return to the traditional two thirty kickoff for this year's decider. And somewhat surprisingly, the AFL Commission agreed. Yeah, Fan, fans rejoiced. Long live the grand final day, lunchtime, barbecue, and pisser. Love it. And yet numerous journos and media personalities have gone out of their way to label the decision a mistake. Among those are the Gold Coast president, Tony Cochrane, and everybody's famous, uh, famous, everybody's favourite footy journo, Limo. Limo. Hawthorne's very own. But because of this podcast podcast love of shit takes, I'll focus on one critique in particular. And it's somebody that is no um, stranger to shit takes, Mr. Damien Barrett himself. The king of shit takes. Purple expressed his disdain for the return to the 2.30 time slot and then offered this startling explanation. The return to 2.30, he explained, is only pandering to the fans in order to give back after depriving them of footy in 2020. It was a mistake and they shouldn't have done it just because the fans wanted it. What a stupid idea. That's exactly what every decision out of AFL House should be made on. The fans make the game run and every decision should be for the benefit of the fans' purple. Naive as that may be, given that some of the stupid takes that have come out of the AFL lately, but media flogs like Parrot don't see it that way, and that's the whole problem. They see pandering to the fans as an issue, an error of weakness from the AFL commission rather than a random spot of common sense. There's... (laughs) There's one other factor that people like Purple need to take into account when they're thinking about the success of that night grand final because it was a success. People loved it. People had a great day. Hmm. The fact was it was the 24th of October. It was late October. It was Cox Plate Day and punters had something to do, something to watch, something to drink to and something to keep them occupied. Imagine how long that day and that build-up would have been if people had nothing to watch and nothing to keep them interested all afternoon. It would have been an absolute disaster. The AFL seemed to have realised it, but media flogs like Damien Barrett and I hate to to use his name in vain again because I've always been a fan of his work, Limo, don't seem to grasp the fact that the only, in my opinion, the only reason that that night grand final is a success 
was because it was on Cox Plate Day. Mm. So unless you want to push it back to the the last weekend in October every year, shut the fuck up and let it be at 2.30 so people can have their grand final barbecues, have a piss up, be hammered by 6 o'clock and then go out or go to sleep or do whatever the fuck they do. That's it. I'm done. Uh, sorry, just to the people who think like that, who do you think the AFL is for? What do you think all sports are for? Money, 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 media, media, money, money. True, but at the heart of it, it's like theatre. Theater. How, dare, how dare they have folded to the will of the fans? Yeah, it's just like it's the fans are there to watch the sport. Like the AFL doesn't play the sport. I get in a grand economical sense, I get it, but on a primal level, they are just there to distract from the, you know, the woes of everyday life. Like sport and theater were created out of the fact just to distract from, you know, people dying from polio at the age of 20. You know, it's just dumb. That's such a dumb take. And I, um, pick Sydney for ninth on this podcast, and it's still not the dumbest dumbest take. That's it's all. True. A close um, second. And, it, <laughs> and if you'd like to see this be overtaken by the dumbest take, just wait for everybody that listens to the next five minutes and doesn't bet on the multi. Yeah, that's true. Um, should we? Oh, fuck it. We are on a high after last week. And after last week's performance, um, you should be taking out two mortgages. Get your friend to take one out. You know, share it with the family. Are we are we headed back to the old stomping grounds? See what works. The reason I've always thought that superhero movies were stupid is because they... Um, Create the possibility for an air and uh, air of invincibility. Mm. They make it seem like people are too strong to lose, too smart to lose, and just generally unkillable. And it's utterly ridiculous because you don't need to be superhuman to be invincible. You just need to be as good as punting as I am. <laughs> And hence, I am launching the Super Multi. Oof. This week's multi is an AFL exclusive multi. And it is seven legs Ooh. long. I'm excited for this one. And once again, ladies and gentlemen... Following on from last week's leg where I told you you couldn't lose and you could take a double mortgage out and you would all be rich by now. Sound like an it is time for the AFL multi. Don't put anything on it. If you've got $5 in your bank account, don't do anything. If you've got millions in your bank account, don't put anything on it. The law of averages says that you will not win. And also, when you don't win, when you don't put money on it, I will look even smarter for unloading on it. 
So once again, I am saying put a zero money on this multi. So Ash can take all the money from all the bets. So, so Ash can take 100% of the winnings. And we are starting with leg one. Richmond to beat Carlton at $1.33. <laughs> Leg two, we're going for our first upset of the multi. We're on Fremantle to beat Melbourne at $2.65. And leg three, we're on Geelong to beat Adelaide now at $1.24. Leg four, Essendon to beat Hawthorne now at a second upset at $2.15. Leg five, Brisbane to beat Sydney now at $1.25. Leg six, Port Adelaide to beat Northern at $1.17. Leg seven, West Coast to beat Gold Coast Suns at $1.17 as well. The multi is worth $16.07. And get on it, that is the multi. And in the blue corner. $16, damn. Just to recount that $16 multi, that's Richmond, Fremantle, Geelong, Essendon, Brisbane, Port Adelaide, and West Coast. So who were the uh, sad two games that missed out? Uh, the Friday night game, Bulldogs and Collingwood. Oh, and the Saints-GWS game. And the Saints-GWS game, because they're too close to call. I reckon yeah. either could win either. And this multi is only for sure things. So sixteen dollars and seven cents, ladies and gentlemen, get on it. Yeah, just put what you won last week on this week, and multiply your winnings. That's how all. Uh, that is exactly the right frame of mind to be in. And ladies and gentlemen, now are you ready for the next segment? It is time for six degrees of Burgoyne. Six degrees of Burgoyne. All right. Do you want to start with my six degrees of Burgoyne or the trivia first? Bruce Buffett already announced that it was six degrees of Burgoyne. Do six degrees of Burgoyne. Respect the call. Bruce Buffett. All right. No, I'm going to start with the trivia because it leads into six degrees of Burgoyne. Sorry, Bruce Buffett. Why did you ask then? It is time for the trivia! Um, sorry to all those who are wearing headphones. <laughs> okay. So there have been 124 years of AFL VFL, meaning to get six degrees of Burgoyne, all players in the attempt would have to have careers of at least 20.66666 years. However, there have only ever been five players in AFL VFL history to play for 20 seasons. Can you name those five players? Well, okay, back to my notes. Yeah, if you want. Start with the easy ones. Oh, start with the easy ones. Hey, one of them played for your teams. Yeah, no, I know him. Um, so with all that oh, being wait, said, yeah. after Ash uh, picks all five AFL-VFL players um, to play for 20 seasons, I will go through my seven degrees of Sean Burgoyne because it is mathematically impossible to get six. I already got seven. I quit. 
Yeah, but you can't get six. So I also went for seven. Wait, so what is it? 20. It's 20 years. Five players have played for 20 seasons. Uh... Oh, yeah, that's one. Whoops, I'm on the wrong page. Oh, oh, oh. Where the hell are you doing? Oh, yeah, that's right. Whoops. Um... No, I've got I got four. Go on. Fletcher. Correct. Brent Harvey. Correct. Ah, uh, jeez. I'll um, I'll go Kevin Bartlett. No. No. That. Uh, Michael Tuck. Correct. Sid Barker. Incorrect. Wait, do you, oh, do you mean played for 20 seasons or 20, se- 20 years between their first and the last game? There's a... Yeah, because in the early 90s, there's a, like, there's a significant difference because they take years off for the war and for... Yeah, no, like in a row. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that doesn't count. Them, probably, probably not Jim Flynn either. No, one of them the entire segment is named after. Um, Stephen Malty. Uh, no, I think you were thinking James Last Call. <laughs> um, are you sure? Are you sure it's not Ron Nickelback? <laughs> no, it is not Ron Nickelback. Is it Stephen Nacal Elback? No. Um, uh, the Bergwijn's in his twentieth season. J- Jason Triviane. All oh, right, six degrees. Of yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't think you were including Bergwijn. Yeah, well, Bergwijn, Fletcher, Harvey. No, I, uh, Barassi. No, other Harvey. Robert. Robert Harvey. Um, Only five. Bill, Bill oh, Hutchison. That's all five of them. Who? Burgoyne, Fletcher, both Harveys. Michael Tuck. Oh, true. I forgot Tuck. You did say. Oh, well, yeah, I did. I did. I just didn't write him down. Yeah. So, you know, mathematically impossible to get six degrees. Hence seven. Uh, I also got seven, don't forget. Yeah, I know. I thought I could do, I was so close to doing it in six too. <laughs> a gentleman by the name of Vic Thorpe just had to play for two extra years. Uh, <laughs> but he uh, was selfish and got enlisted. So how dare he inscription. Yeah. All right. So just to quickly run through my six degrees of Burgoyne. Fun fact. I think you'll know every single one of them, except for the last guy. So we start yeah. at Burgoyne. Love him. Craig Bradley. What were his uh, career span? Uh, 86 to 2002. They played 16, uh, 17 years. Right. Started lazy. 
Paul Salmon played not a three to two thousand two. Bruce Dool. Remember Ooh, Bruce nice. Is this an exclusively Carlton? No, it was either Bruce Dool or Bernie Quinlan because they played for the same time. But I like Bruce Dool. I do too. Yeah. When when did he play? Sixty nine to eighty six. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep. Ted Witten. Oh yes. Yep. yep Fifty one yep. to seventy. And then fifty one. Oh yeah, that that was one I missed. Yep. Yeah, Ted Witten, the long yeah. career. Um, Essendon's favorite son. Bill Hutchison. Dick Reynolds. Uh, Thirty three to fifty one. Collingwood's favorite son, Mr. Gordon Coventry. Nineteen twenty to nineteen thirty seven. Collingwood's other favorite son. Jock McHale, 1903 to 1920. And then Charlie Panham, uh, 1897 to 1908, first player to play 100 games of VFL. And that is my seven degrees of Burgoyne. I'm very impressed. Thanks. I, I, um, a big Bruce Dool fan. I love the uh, bald with only long hair around the sides and the headband. Yeah, very fair. Yeah, so do I. No, fair shout. What are we up to now? Who am I? I mean, I knew that. I just had to set it up. <laughs> yeah, but there's one more sting you'd like to play, right? It's, it's the Jizz Horn Camp sting. It's not the Jizz Horn Camp sting. It's the Lil Yachty sting or something. Who? Sorry, you mean Snoop Dogg? Uh, I don't know. Do you mean... I don't know the difference between Little Boat or um, Sneaky Canine. Who? Sneaky Canine. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am a little bit too drunk for a Monday night when I have to go to work in the morning, my second day of my job. That's all right. We're going to wrap it up in 15 minutes. You're going to take a Panadol, drink some water and go to bed. <laughs> it is not all right, sir. <laughs> um, uh, who am I? Five points. I was born in the great land of Canberra. In 1973, and made my debut for my AFL team in 1992, playing for 16 years. Uh, 1992 to 2008. Um, 2007. 2007. Tied in 2007. And you haven't given me the team. Josh Carr. <laughs> Very good guess. Yeah, it was that. his brother. No, no, Maddie. no, no. In, in, in very inco- incorrect. Matt, his brother was oh, Reese. Still is probably Reese. Was Josh and Reese Car? Matt Car? I don't even know who Matt Car is. Anyway, if actually, I actually actually know it, it may be Matt Car. Yeah, it is. Reese Car was our age in Ballarat. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, 
I played 253 games playing for only one club and kicking four, uh, sorry, kicking 343 goals. One club player, 343 goals. Canberra's not going to help. Um, 343 goals. Fuck. No, next clue. I have no idea. I won two AFL premierships and was a five-time All-Australian. Um. Oh, I reckon he played for Adelaide. Um. Died in two thousand seven. How many all Australians? Five. Mark Rashuto. Incorrect. Hmm. Probably two points. I won two leading goal kicker awards for my club and I won three Anzac medals. Right. Anthony Rocker. Incorrect. One point. I captained my club for eight years and I won the Brownlow medal in 1996. James Hurd. For one point, I am James Hurd. James Hurd lead ethnic goal kicking. He won two leading goal kicker awards, 95-96. Wow. Yeah. He really good him. You got it for one point at least. That's that's, that's something. Yeah, that's true. Better than Jason Winderlick last week. <laughs> but yeah, Hurd, he was famously born in Canberra. I mean, land of where all the fine people are, to be honest. Well, not many of us are born here. Oh, that's true. You say us like you're born there. Uh, well, I'm a Canberrite now. Yeah, that's true. He's he's Canberran Cam- instead of Canberrite, probably. Yeah, uh, a debutant debutant. Canberrite, Canberran. <laughs> it's the same shit. Um, fuck, James Hurd. I can't believe he kicked that many goals. He's a midfielder, isn't he? I don't remember him, Blake. Well, to be fair, he played half his career before I was born, but... Uh, yeah, no, he was a midfielder yeah, and half forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair yeah. Yep, 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 yep. All right, we ready for the last call? Yes. Yeah. Ash needs to go sober up after this. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely correct. Yes. Um, 100%. What have you got? What have you got? All right. Um, NFL legend Drew Brees retires uh, from the New Orleans Saints after 20 years of elite quarterbacking play, probably a top 10 uh, quarterback of all time with, um, I think he has the most touchdowns in NFL history until Tom Brady plays till he's about 50 um, and overtakes him. Um, Second most passing yards, I believe, but you were a Saints fan once. Give us your two cents about Drew Brees. I was. um, Drew Brees is the man that made me fall in love with the NFL. I um, never really cared for gridiron or the NFL, whatever you want to call it, until I visited New Orleans in late 2013. Um, this was just after 
the Saints had been successful. I reckon they won it in eleven or twelve or something in there. But yeah, um, yeah, no, the first game I ever went to of uh, American football, NFL, gridiron, whatever you want to call it, was a college game in New Orleans, um, and I loved it. And everybody there loved Drew Brees and. Uh, I fell in love with the NFL. I fell in love with the Saints for a few years until I switched to the Seahawks. Um, and Drew Brees was my first NFL really sort of, I don't want to say hero, but the, the first sort of NFL player that I really followed and admired and liked. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a sad day to see him retire. Yeah, look, as an Atlanta Falcons fan, he has tormented me for the entirety of the time that he's been a fan, but he is at the end of the day, one of the best quarterbacks to probably play the game. Yeah. He, he, um, to this day still remains in my top. Well, obviously not anymore because he retired, but while he was still playing, he was in my top three favorite NFL players. It was, um, Russ Westbrook, Marshawn Lynch, and Drew Brees. I think were my top three. Russell Westbrook. So good that he now plays NFL. Name the quarterback who plays for Seattle. Uh, no, I can't. Tom Brady. Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, you, no. know, you, know, you know, that's what I meant. I know um, exactly what you mean, but it's just fun because you're absolutely fucking hammered right now. <laughs> oh, All right, last call. You're up. At least I didn't get the wrong Marshawn. Yeah, that's true. Um. You know how you were talking about watching the uh, Victoria and Tassie one day the, the other day? I did. I was watching it. Did you notice that uh, Riley Meredith, the big Tasmanian quick, wasn't playing? I did because it's hard to miss a you know six foot three, a very tall, handsome blonde man. That is because they flew in flew into Australia, and if they flew into Perth, Think, but it, it doesn't really matter where they flew into. But if he had a flown to Victoria, um, and then flown, if he had a flown into Victoria, Victoria were then scheduled to fly into Western Australia to play a one day or a shield game. Mm. And if Meredith had have played against Victoria in that uh, one day game, the entire Victorian side would have had to quarantine because the Western Australian border was so strongly closed to New Zealand. Yeah, so right. Riley, Riley Meredith had to miss the game to protect the Victorian team from being rubbed out. And we still lost. This is the point. No, well, I mean, it, it didn't really make much effect in that game, but this is the point we've come to where Tasmania have to arrest the, one of the best fast bowlers in the world so that their opposition can play their next game over the other side of the country. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, very, quite, it's quite ridiculous. It's I mean, very nice it's, of Tasmania. Yeah. I mean, it's for the good of the game of cricket, but it is quite ridiculous. Oh, it's sportsmanship. Nah, man. fuck him. Nah, that, 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 <laughs> should have said, fuck him. Played him in Victoria. Just like, no, nah, you're not playing. Go fuck yourself. Just imagine the rivalry that comes out of that. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I would love that. That would be insane. Um, yeah, there's been there's a Shield game on next weekend. I think there's a lot of Shield going on at the moment. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, I think I said it offline. But Xavier Crone, just not a good player. 
Why is he in the Victorian team? Did we run out? I really have no idea, really. Because we had two debutants um, who both got wickets on the day um, who look all right. But, yeah, the, the Victorian team is far from the um, the heroics of Aiden Bizard and... Blizzard. Blizzard and Rob Quiney and uh, Michael Klinger, so... And Cameron White and Jonathan Hogg. Brad Hodge. Hodge. Oh, oh, one of the most underrated cricketers in Australia. Um, um, how many points do you have? I've got one more. All right, good. Well, I'll have two. Um, I'll start with this one that I don't know that much about. Tom Brady next year has the potential to become the what third ever quarterback to or so the third third ever quarterback or third ever player to score wins against all 32 NFL sides. Oh yeah, because it'll be um against Patriots. Yeah, because they, they play the Patriots. Which they will win. Um the Patriots are brutal. Um I think the only other player to do it is Peyton Manning and I couldn't name the other one. But yeah, that's isn't that just a sick stat? Like, yeah, I've beaten literally everyone. Fuck you mean. If my old In fairness, it's it's happened in AFL heaps, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Um uh heaps, you reckon? Well, um Actually, it's a good point. Do you do you reckon everyone's done it? Yeah, there would have been players that have done it. Um, Lance Franklin's done it. Yeah, Franklin would have done it. Lockie Neal's probably done it. Yeah, that's true. It's actually probably not that hard. Ablett probably hasn't done it. Oh, actually, no. It's harder in the NFL because they only play their own comp twice. Yeah, only only play like every five years, yeah. Yeah, their own division and then like one random out-of-conference Um Team. So yeah, no, probably a lot of AFL players have done it. I'm just being a dickhead. Um, Bang is probably. Who did, who did you think the? Uh, sorry, it's the only quarterbacks to beat every NFL team. There is three others other than Tom Brady. Have you got the list? Yep. Peyton Manning. Yes. Uh, Steve Young. No. No, Steve Young. Joe Montana. No. Ooh. I think think more recent. More recent. Uh, Cam Newton. Less recent. Less recent than that. Um, oh, fucking, I don't know. No, Eli Manning was a one-team one player. Um, how old? Like, are we talking this century? Uh, yes. Um, less recent than Cam Newton. No idea. Um, so one of them retired in the last five years. Is he like a great, like, do you know this player quite well? I know of him, yeah. Last five years. Nah, no idea. 
Um, when did he retire? So one retired in 2010 and one retired in 2020. Is one of them Kurt Warner? No. No? He retired earlier than that. One of okay, one, one of them may have retired in 2021, actually. Oh, Drew Brees? Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah, because he played for the Chargers. Um, in 2010, I don't know, Warren Moon? No, he's way older than that. My God. Um, fuck, what's his name? Not Culpepper. Donovan McNabb. No. All right. Who is it? Brett Favre. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, my, one of the uh, better quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, because he played for the Vikings and the Jets. Yeah, no, fair shout. That's a good club to be a part of. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see when uh, Brady plays the Patriots next year. Also, just they lose. That would... Oh. Would that reignite the Belichick, the Belichick Brady? Brady. I reckon it would. I don't care if he's won a Super Bowl. If Belichick can beat Brady with that team, it depends what they do with the offseason. But um, just for, you know, random NFL news, the Buccaneers have franchise tagged Chris Godwin. So um, if that interests any of you, go. Oh, it interests me, man. Thanks. <laughs> go <laughs> Um, all right, I got one more. So there's been a bit of a phenomenon in especially soccer of club legends coaching their former team. Think uh, Frankie Lamps. Um, Andrea Pirlo is currently coaching at Juventus. Um, Wayne Rooney is currently coaching Derby, although he's obviously known as a Manchester United player, but it also happened with Hurd um, and Voss and, and, and Buckley and Matthew and Primus. Matthew who? Primus. Oh, Primus. Port Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. Big number one Ruckman. Um, but what the, the trend that's been going on with clubs that hire um, former players is that they get a way longer leash than... Um, like normal coaches because Frank Lampard, like just to use the Chelsea analogy was an okay coach. Like he came in uh, during the transfer ban and did fine, got Chelsea to the top four. And then they spent $250 million in the summer and were very much underperforming. Like, and it was a, it's a good team. Chelsea have a good team, but they kept Lampard for way too long. They got down to like ninth and then they're like, okay, you got to go now. And then they brought in, Remember the guy I was talking about who um, got fired on Christmas? Um, They brought in that guy. And now they're up to third, I think. In like the space of two weeks. Yeah, no, I think it's just interesting to see like how uh, people often get favoured just because they've, you know, played for the club or were club legends kind of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean... If it doesn't bring success, it's uh, a pointless escapade. Very wise words. Do you have one more last call? Uh, I can bring one more last call, and that is 
Um, something I promised to you privately that I cannot deliver, but I can deliver in part. Um, and again, it sounds like a sponsored plug that we're getting paid nothing for, but the Making Their Mark documentary on Amazon, the AFL documentary is really, really good. Oh, yes. Um, I've watched the first first five episodes, so I've got two to go. Um so far, I can report that Stuart Jew is the MVP. He is hilarious. The um, the highlight of the first five episodes is the uh, little bit spent trailing him as he prepares to go to a press conference where he laments a go- one of the Gold Coast reporters that continually calls him Dewey. <laughs> um, and he keeps saying, yeah, this guy always calls me Dewey. He says, how's it going, Dewey? Um, and then he goes to the press conference, keeps trying to engage the guy, and he, the guy just keeps saying, hey, hey, you going? Hey, hey, you going? And then Stuart Jew walks away from the press conference. He's like, I tried so hard to make him call me fucking Dewey. It is genuinely a hilarious piece of television. Um, and then the next uh, best part, other than seeing behind the scenes of Rory Sloan and Stephen Cornelio's uh, and Nick Nat's 2020 seasons is trying to count the amount of F-bombs dropped between Damien Hardwick, Leon Cameron, and Adam Simpson. It's about 300 a minute each. I'll say, you know where they got that from? The Do we? Alistair Clarkson coaching tree. Absolutely right. There's no wonder Alistair Clarkson did not volunteer for the documentary Correct. There's um, a why there's no drywall around any of them. Yeah, we just have to we just have to deal with Dewey. Dewey. But no, it, 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 it is great entertainment. It's it's very funny. It's very insightful, and I recommend everybody watch it. All right. Well, I will definitely get on that and probably give a a small review next week. Um, but unless you've got anything else, that's it for me. Go forth, invest your mortgage. This has been the last call. Thank you so much for listening. Invest that mortgage. Take out another one. We'll be back next week with a review of the AFL round one. Get excited for football. Um, Ash, any last words? And get, ex- get excited for winning another multi. Get excited for winning another multi. We'll see you next week. Even, even you will like your pants around your feet. <laughs>